Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Uh, I'm really excited about today's episode. It's, it's going to be a little different from our typical episodes, which is why I'm super excited about it. I get to bring on today uh, someone who's a, a dear friend of mine. I consider him a brother. Uh, he's, he's really brilliant. I was having a, uh, a little dinner with him uh, a few weeks ago, and we were just talking about health and, you know, uh, just just being vital and alive. And I was picking his brain, and it just hit me like, why the hell don't I have this guy on Soul Talk? He's such a wealth of knowledge and information when it comes to health. I think he's, I really think he's one of the best folks when it comes to health that we can learn from. And, and so well, he's an herbalist, he's an educator, he's an entrepreneur. He has probably 27, if not more, plus years experience in the natural uh, health and products industry as a formulator uh, in several businesses. He has his own business. I actually use uh, many of his products. I love his products, his company. He's the founder and the alchemist. His company is called Elemental Wisdom. I highly uh, recommend you all check it out, uh, which is a natural line of high-end functional foods and essential oils. Uh, that has been formulated and informed by years of personal nutritional uh, supplementation and his, his exploration in consciousness. He is uh, he's a man who's grounded in metaphysical understanding, uh, energy, and I think he's, I don't say he's a genius, but he's brilliant when it comes to health and lifestyle and understanding uh, what it takes to really create uh, profound healing when it comes to nutrition and health and education. So, I'm really excited today, folks, to uh, bring on my good friend, Mr. Adam, founder of Elemental Wisdom. Adam, welcome to the conversation. Uh, thank you so much, Kurt. It's, a, it's an honor to be here. Great to be on, man. I really enjoy speaking to you as always, and I'm really just excited for people listening in to tap into some of your knowledge and, and, and expertise. And uh, so let's just dive in. You know, I'm just I'm just curious, for those that may not know about your background, which maybe a lot of folks in, in in, in, in my community, I'm just wondering, like, how, how every time I speak to you, you are such a wealth of, of health knowledge and expertise. And uh, how, how did that begin for you in terms of your experience and expertise in health? Were you always into health? Were, you, were your parents like health gurus? I mean, how, how, how does that start? How does someone become a health herbalist, you know, a formulator and, 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 and develop such a knowledge in this, in this arena? How, how did that start? Well, that started, um, I, I guess by the time I was 15, I started becoming aware of the, the concept of health 
and you know the concept of of uh, you know assimilation of consciousness and other organisms that you, that you put into your body, you know, for nutrition or for uh, or even if, even if you don't think that that in depth, because at that point I just started to. Up until that that point in my life, uh, as a teenager, I had been raised by parents who um, didn't really emphasize on health, so to speak. Um, my parents, you know, they did their job. We uh, we were from New York originally. Um, I had two working parents. Um, they split by the time I was six, so I was taking care of myself while you know either one of them were working. Um, you know, for the most part, and that includes feeding myself and, you know, navigating myself to and from school um, since maybe second grade. And mm. I I went out to lunch, you know, it was like a normal thing, you know. So all I had available for me was fast food, you know, delis, rest, you know, diners, mm. you know, and what, what you would find in the streets of, of, of Brooklyn or Manhattan or even Queens back in, you know, the late eighties or mid, yeah, mid to late eighties through the early nineties. Mm. You know, it wasn't until about, you know, 1993, 1994 that I had an epiphany uh, that the things that I was consuming for health and nutrition, which I, I wasn't necessarily even conceiving it that way. Uh, the, but I did have an awareness of what expanded and what contracted my consciousness because of all of the, 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 the deeper work that I was doing on myself through music mainly. Um, that was my gateway. You know, it was music and poetry and art uh, that gave rise to my awareness around what supported that lifestyle or that endeavor or that focus and what did not. So I, so I, you know, I started to recognize that things I put in my body would stop the creative flow or stop the energy from flowing in the manner in which that I desired to calibrate it. Um, I, again, you know, at this point, I'm able to articulate myself very much more so than I was at that age. Right. Like, what were some of the things yeah. you noticed at that age? Like, like yeah, you ate. Uh, what was it? You ate. Were there any specific things at that age you recognized? Like, you ate this or did this, and that kind of screwed up your creative flow. Like, were there? What were some of the clues yeah. at that moment that you noticed? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that, I would eat. You know, because I was hungry. You know, I wake up in the day, and um, I would be hungry, and I would eat, and the flow, like whether it was my guitar playing or my poetry writing or my drawing or my painting or my philosophical endeavors uh, or psychological um, uh, uh, interests, you know, because I, I did study uh, a, a good amount of that as I was growing up. I found a lot of interest in it um, because I was not brought up under any one uh, belief system or structure. Uh, so uh, my mind was always somewhere else other than where I, it appeared that most other people's were who were in my classroom or, um, you know, people, you know, my, my peers, uh, where I seemed to have greater uh, in-depth conversation with my, my teachers, my instructors, uh, my parents, friends, and other adults that were, you know, quite a bit older than me. 
Um, so if I didn't eat during the daytime, I felt that my creative expression was very much more enhanced than than um, with than having consumed food like I normally would to take care of my body. So I started becoming aware of taking care of my mind and my consciousness and my feelings rather than the idea of, oh, it's time to eat breakfast, it's time to eat lunch, it's time to eat dinner. You know, I started skipping meals. I started what we now know as intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting was not a, a concept in my mind, but it was something that I was facilitating as a teenager um, on my own because I felt that it brought out of me that of which I was focused on, um, you know, whatever area I was focused on at the moment. And food started to inhibit that, that flow of my energy. So I began exploring. Um, I was, uh, you know, exploring with my diet and exploring consuming substances um, such as spirulina or probiotics because I happened to have gotten a job working in the natural products industry. Um, mm-hmm. And I was picking orders in what is in super nutrition, which is now known as select nutrition owned by UNFI. I was picking orders for all the health food stores around the country and finding and feeling the vibration mm-hmm. of, of certain packaged, uh, you know, supplements um, but I did gravitate towards a bottle of spirulina that had probiotics in it. That was my first encounter of intuitively uh, gravitating towards a nutritional uh, substance or support. And mm. I started trying to eat that as food. Hmm. And everybody made fun of me. You know, people still make fun of me. So, <laughs> you, know, um, you know, they think I'm crazy. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm actually onto something. I was onto something yeah. because look at the industry now, and look at yeah. where people have gone with all of it. And you know, I have a, a viable, functional, a successful line of formulations, uh, functional mm. foods, if you will. I don't really like to acknowledge them as supplements, um, uh, but you know, the, the, with the state of affairs these days, or the state of agricultural affairs, and the forms that our food are presented to us in. We, we do require supplementation and some some sort of assistance uh, or yeah. extra added support, you know, because we're lacking a lot of nutrition in our diet. And that became very mm-hmm. obvious to me at an early age because of the experimentation that I was conducting inside of myself. Yeah, that's, that, that's the key word. I mean, as I'm listening to you, what I'm hearing was you were really experimenting as a young kid. And through your experimentation, it wasn't even so much like you were taking college classes. It was just through your direct experimentation and the the actual real impact in your body, in your energy system, you were kind of coming to certain understandings, which I think is really cool. And so when we think of health, Adam, uh, I mean, there's so much. I want to talk about health and then diet in a second. But when we think of health, just to set a context, there is, I mean, man, the health industry is crazy now. I mean, there's so many different, you know, diets and definitions and, and you could, I think, I think it can actually make people unhealthy trying to get healthy. Right. And so I'm wondering in your experimentation and based on your understanding now, 
just to kind of set a context for those listening, how do you define health? How do you see health? If I say, okay, what is it to be healthy? I mean, it sounds like such a simple, like, oh, what is it to be healthy? No, but like in your perspective, what is true, authentic health? That's a really good question because uh, health does not only pertain to the physical body or the mind, so to speak. You know, there are other layers. It's like an onion. You keep peeling them, you keep getting more. Um, so for me, you know, true health is of the the body, the mind, and the spirit, you know, to make it simple. Um, but that includes the emotional body. That includes... Um, your experience in life where on a daily basis you are happy, you find joy in living. Without that, you're really not healthy. And if we're talking about energy, you know, in terms of subtle energy or gross energy, because it, you know, everything's vibration. We've, we've been made aware and have science has proved that everything is frequency and vibration and you can go into quantum physics and so on and so forth about what all of this actually is. Um, but when, you, when you're speaking about health, it really starts with the feeling, I think. You know, that's what I, that's what I think, the feeling that you have inside this body. And then that dictates how you treat your body, um, what you do with your body, where your mind goes. Um, and the mind, where the mind goes, then also um, is is a is a direct uh, response, you know, to the emotional body. And then what happens to the physical body after after those two aspects are uh, are uh, are taken into consideration is is what you end up with. Now a lot of people are only focused on the end result, you know. I mean that's how modern medicine is pretty much practiced as preventative, or you go and try and fix something once it's broken. It doesn't really work that way, you know. It, it's just like building a house. You got to start with a proper foundation, and yeah, you could build a proper foundation, and but if you're not building the proper foundation of your structure on top of a solid piece of land, you know, like where it's not going to crack open or it's not going to drop out and sink from a flood or whatever is going to happen. You know, there's, there's a lot of aspects, uh, you know, that you need to take into consideration to building a foundation, you know, the materials you're using, you know, where you're going to build it and then, and then take the environmental conditions into consideration so that the structure can withstand the environment. Right. So we have, a multitude of, of 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 facets of this of this concept here of health, mm. but I believe in my experience that the only way to truly be healthy is to be happy, and that does not mean to just be happy and do whatever you're going to do and you know sacrifice your body for it. That's not true happiness, I don't believe. I think people are, are not digging deeper into their trauma, which that's, that's usually what's causing a lot of emotional baggage or eating disorders or, or you know, physical uh, development of, 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 uh, of uh, symptoms that could be diagnosed that cause, you know, ailments for the body. You know what I mean? Like it's all stemmed yeah. from emotions. 
you know, we're emotional beings, you know, we're, we're spiritual beings, right, in a, in a physical body, right? We're more than the body. So I believe the right place to start is there. Uh, that's what's, what's carried me through this life is, is my emotions. Where can someone start? I mean, you, you, you bring up a good point. I mean, in terms of health, a lot of people just focus on simply, you know, how they look and the physicality, but now we're talking the, sort of from the inside out. So I'm curious in terms of you talk about emotions. And so someone listening to this conversation, where can they begin? Like, they say, Adam, I want to be healthy. Okay, emotions. Where where do I start in terms of uh, dealing with my emotions so I can get healthy, so I can be healthy, so I can you know build that foundation? Is it what's the starting point? I I believe self love is the starting point. That's the best place to start. Mm-hmm. If you don't have mm-hmm. self love, you're, you're I don't believe you're going to do what it takes to mm-hmm. to to get where you want to be. Because really, if you don't love yourself, why would you, why would you do so much for yourself? They don't make it easy. <laughs> this isn't easy. So self-love and acknowledgement of the self and working through whatever, whatever thoughts or emotions come up that, that, uh, that obscure or impede that flow of love for the mm-hmm. self. I think that's mm-hmm. the best place to start. That's cool. In terms of health, what are some of the the blocks? Are there any blocks to people being healthy? Are there any um, places, that, so the, the emotional areas, one. What are some of the blocks to people being healthy that you've seen as you observe people uh, who are sick, as you observe people with addictions, as you observe people with eating disorders? Like, what are some of the blocks? Well, uh, uh, some of the blocks are belief structures. Um, whether it's beliefs about themselves, beliefs about what this reality is comprised of, uh, beliefs, um, you know, in terms of, of, I guess, religious beliefs, you know, could impact people's health. Um, you know, if they're not grounded in something that is, um, you know, that is, that is, uh, you know, sustaining their life. You know, people, uh, I, I've come across people that believe things that, that don't do them any justice. Um, you know, and, and a lot of that really deals with, you know, the, I guess the medical system, the way that, that, that medicine is viewed and perceived, the way that food is perceived and viewed, you know, in, in terms of that, that's a real basic way mm-hmm. to, to establish a, a, um, a, uh, a, con- um, a correlation between belief structure and health. Um, you know, mm-hmm. some people believe that, that, um, uh, that they're, you know that that they're supposed to be you know vaccinated or they're supposed to take prescription drugs and you know things like that can definitely inhibit mm. your health. You know that's a very obvious you know uh, one to point out. Um, and then the 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 establishment or connection between you know us in this body and the planet that we live on and the other life forms and the other organisms. It was designed to be a symbiotic relationship between us all, and that's not exactly what has occurred here on the planet. Um, and I believe that all of those beings, all of us, all the different conscious life forms that are on this planet have an impact on one another. 
Mm. Right. I mean, it, it's all, yeah. you know, it's, it's all the circle of life and it's Absolutely. more than the food chain. And, and it, it, but it is about a symbiosis between us all, you know, just between, you know, hu- uh, you know, mammals or, you know, land, like air breathing creatures and plants. You know, we can't exist without one, one or the other. You know, we, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship. Um, so, you know, first establishing a, a recognition as to what is going on here in this reality would really help people get to, to the bottom of it. You know, it's not about, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? What's your job? You know, how do people identify themselves? I mean, all of that is a belief structure, you know, how people perceive themselves. You know, when you ask people about themselves, they usually tell you what their job is or what their right. ethnicity is or what their religion is. You know, those to me are all frameworks that do not allow you to grow. It's like keeping a tree in a small pot. You know, it's never going to flourish. It's never going to expand its roots and produce fruit and flower for you. It just doesn't work that way. You got to put it in the ground. You got to have it exposed to beautiful sunlight. You know, it's got to have a good, you know, good air quality. It's got to have good soil. I mean, your life is is pretty much the same. It's interesting as you're sharing. I'm listening, and you're talking about belief structures. You know, uh, ways of seeing paradigms. And it's interesting to me, Adam. You. <laughs> You haven't said anything about, like, really about food or nutrition, and that's usually the first place people go. And, and, and so I really love that you're really coming at it from a, a deeper level, um, first and foremost, which is the foundation. But I would like to talk a bit about diet and, and how, because that is obviously one aspect or one component that does affect health, right? And, yeah. and so I'm curious. In terms of diet, we, you and I the other day were talking about a little bit about diet and what's the right diet, what's a good diet, what's the best diet. So this, this question is almost uh, a set up, but <laughs> like, what is the best diet, Adam? Because I think so many people, yeah. uh, you know, have have this idea: you have to be raw foodist, you have to be vegan, you have to be keto. Now there's keto and paleo, and it's just what the hell do people eat? I mean, it's almost, yeah. and, and then you see the, the level of our food today. It's like, can you even, is, is food even healthy to eat? And so there are so many uh, uh, differing approaches to what the best diet is. And I think each of these schools are adamant that their diet's the best diet. And so I'm curious your opinion on, on what you perceive as the best diet. Yeah. <laughs> well, as far as diet's concerned, I've never followed one, so to speak. I, I have been a raw foodist, but that wasn't okay. from following a diet. I've been vegan. That wasn't from following a diet. It was just from following my emotions and where they took me. Um, and, you know, I've been a straight up carnivore. I've been a fruitarian. I have actually not eaten anything other than my metamorphosis uh, formulation for nine and a half months one time. Uh so I've I've been through the the diet thing, and um, I believe in you know that the healthiest way to conduct your life is to have a a, a diet that is comprised of of food that grows or um, is is um, cultivated locally from where you reside, um, and I believe 
furthermore than than that, you know, your your I guess your genetic lineage impacts how your body responds mm. to implementing that as well. Um, mm. You know, we're all pretty much transplants from all over the planet now. None of us are are originating or residing from where we originate from or where our ancestors originate from. Um, our genetics have evolved and and developed uh, a a um, and I guess uh, an understanding or a relationship with our with the environment that our ancestors um, re- resided in or or grew up in you know and, and lived their lives in and you know like myself I'm I'm I have an Eastern European descent uh, so things from like uh, from the tropics, like food from the tropics, don't necessarily uh, sustain me the way that someone from the tropics would. Yeah, uh, you, know, yeah. I, I, you know, I come from a, a, a climate, or my gen, my genetics or my ancestors come from a, a region where there was snow, there's cold, there's not a bunch mm. of leafy greens and produce and things like that. Uh, so I've become aware of how. How to how to um, balance the the health and nutrition of my body, my mind, and you know my my soul or my spirit, so to speak, my emotional body, uh, and all of and all those other aspects of of health are concerned. Um, now you know us living here in Los Angeles, California. Uh, you know the climate is what it is here. It's changed over the years, but I believe the environment that we live in conducts uh, or, or dictates how we should conduct our our nutritional uh, profile, you know, or how we should decide what we should what we should be consuming, and and even furthermore than that, that may only be a temporary. Uh, temporary place to to land. I don't think anything is necessarily permanent. Everything is always ever-changing, ever-flowing, ever-evolving. So as, you know, just like time or our perception of time, uh, you know, continues on, I believe that we have to change our diets over time, not just over long periods of time, but I believe that it's healthy to change up what you consume, you know, with the procession of the equinox in, in conjunction with that. Mm. I believe in biodynamic rhythms. We at Elementalism believe in, in biodynamic protocols and following that of the same as the Farmer's Almanac, implementing that into your body and your way of life. And so what would that look we, like? We, what, would, what would that look like for, for someone listening in, like, uh, is, is there any specific um, steps that they can take to, to, to kind of follow the first explain yeah. just for those listening bio what biodynamic would mean and what right. that would look like practically okay this is what you this is an example of what they might be able to do right okay so you have all right it, very easily to let's hear here you have a, a calendar everyone goes by dates and months and years but in terms of of uh, you know biodynamic agriculture or biodynamic rhythms, you follow the lunar cycle. There's 13 lunar cycles per solar cycle, right? So there's mm. but there's 12 months per year, 
right? I think you're missing something there if you follow the 12 months per year thing. And here living in Los Angeles, California, you pretty much get one season. That does not necessarily provide insight or or in, intuitive support from the environment on how to diversify or when to diversify your, your diet. So we've put together uh, some some protocols, you know, person, you know, through just through our our uh, product line and how to use our formulations in conjunction with the biodynamic rhythms of the planet. Now you can go as far as you know purchasing a farmer's almanac, you know, getting a a, a moon calendar, which all you know, all of this stuff is available yeah. now. You're not you're not condemned to be a witch and going to be hung somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're talking about natural rhythms versus artificial yeah. rhythms. Right now, mm-hmm. a lot of people wear watches. We all look at time, you know, and that is mm-hmm. not a natural rhythm. That is, mm-hmm. you know, that is a way of 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 uh, measuring or scheduling uh, your, uh, you know, all of us or our collective, you know, universal or planet planetary um, system of 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 commerce of organization, of civilization, you know, it's very organized and, and it's constructed. It's not naturally occurring. What's naturally occur- naturally occurring is the way that the planets move, the way, uh, you know, the way that, you know, uh, the earth uh, um, views or, you know, the way that the, the, the moon and the way that the light off the sun reflects off the moon and hits the earth, you know, the, the procession of the equinoxes, you know, there's four seasons per year where they're supposed to be, you know, despite the weather modification systems, whether it's absolutely necessary or whether, you know, you believe that, you know, there's there's all this, you know, the, the climate change or the, or you're falling into, the, you know, the, the conversation about, um, you know, global warming and we have to cool down the planet to save, you know, a few species from being extinct. You know, all all of this may be relative, but I don't think everyone is taking all the information that we're being bombarded with and putting it into the proper context of life, you know, and how life is supported by one another. You know, so we have all these artificial implementations of support for our reality whether it's for agriculture, you know, like, like when they introduced, you know, pesticide sprayings and you've got everybody knows about the glyphosates and Monsanto, but, you know, they're saying that, you know, without the genetic engineering of organisms, everybody would starve on the planet. I'd rather starve personally because I don't want to mutate into whatever that's going to mutate me into because that's a, that's a way, you know, consuming genetically modified organisms thus has a similar or, or uh, I, I believe it to have a negative effect on our genetics. What's the, what's, what's so, the negative effect? What, what, what's the negative effect and why do you feel it's so impactful? Because aren't, aren't so much of our food genetically modified at this, this day and age? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess a lot of it is. Um, I think a lot of it in the mainstream is, but there's so many people like us out there now that have become aware of the the potential 
cancer and and other uh, diagnoses or diseases that are 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 um, decomposing our bodies uh, and earlier than they would have naturally. <laughs> so that's the that's like the the most obvious sign of what happens to people that consume genetically modified organisms. Now, back in the early '90s, I was studying the effects or of genetically modified organisms and and what the purpose was for was for them. So uh, the pesticide, you know, engineered into the genetics of an organism to kill off the bugs or the predators so that the produce or, you know, the organism would be available for sale, you know, for, in, you know, consumption for humans or even for livestock or whatever have you. The, the same result occurs, but on a smaller scale. So if, uh, if an organism is modified, to to um, kill its its um, its predators, right? From so it, so it can survive and not be eaten. What do you think happens when you eat it? You know, it may be not happening to your full body, and you don't experience that as like in your own mind or in your own consciousness or awareness. But even within our own body, we have a symbiotic relationship between you know a multitude of of organisms here or bacteria or consciousness even every individual organ and gland in our body has its own consciousness its own frequency you know we're a body of water that houses intelligent bacteria all of that bacteria in our body has its own consciousness and if you want to go even further into down that rabbit hole we can talk about you know, the microzyma, which really are the ones that are dictating whether we're going to live or die in okay. this body. So just hold, hold up one, one second, because we're definitely <laughs> getting down the rabbit hole. <laughs> so what is, you said the microzyma dictates, like what, firstly, I know some people are wondering, what the hell is a microzyma? We just wanted, you know, some people are going, I just wanted to know what the best <laughs> diet was for me. This guy's talking about the microzyma. Yeah. So just break down in simple terms. What is the microzyma? What in, what and then how does that impact us? And I guess and and the, the third part of that is how can we? Uh, is there a way to 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 act to to make it healthier? Right. Well, the microzyma themselves are the ones that are are they're the ones either like building and growing your body or going to start breaking it down. They're the ones running the show. They're their own autonomous, intelligent <laughs> organisms that really do govern the existence of, of the bodies that we reside in. And that's not just uh -huh. us. That's all living forms, like all living things on the planet. It's the microzyma that are, that, are telling, that are running the show. So you either feed them what makes them, uh, what signals you know, them to, to thrive and live, or you're going to feed them something that's going to start to break down and decompose, you know, just very basically. Um, so I believe from my own experience and from working with people all over the world that eating, you know, true organic food, which I don't consider to be what's certified organic, I consider true organic to the word and the real definition to be biodynamic, which follows the laws of nature, not the laws of an entity comprised of people that have sit on a board, you know, to govern 
whether it's um, a a um, a, uh, a community, uh, a group of people, you know, or or an or an industry, you know, for commerce and capitalism, all of that does not um, um, does not um, represent health to me, you know. Uh, so I believe that we have to go back into what we know people to have done before the industrial revolution, which is to grow your own food, take it fresh because 30 minutes after you pick any produce or anything, you lose half the nutrition that's there. Now, you know, now if you're not growing it, you know, biodynamically, you're not getting the the maximum amount of nutrition that should be, uh, you know, inside of the food. Right. So by the time you get, to eat whatever you eat, you know, the reason why people eat so much is because you're not getting the nutrition you need. Uh, and, um, you know, so that that's where I'm coming from. And that's why we created Elemental Wisdom and created all these these products and these formulations. What are some of the best things to feed the microzyma? You're talking about we, we can all, all obviously feed them to decompose or feed them to thrive. Like, are there some, some, some specific things that listeners listening could actually go out and get or focus on eating that actually enliven and, and cause the microzyma to thrive. Right. Well, that's where live food comes into hand or fresh food, oh. you know, things that are, oh. with, you know, whether it's killed fresh, I mean, everything's killed. You know, I feel mm. bad about the animals too, but I feel bad about the plants too, but we're all mm. living in, you know, it's the circle of life. You got to look into things in a larger context and put the emotions aside you because it's all, it is about survival, but don't put aside the consciousness and the awareness that you have, you have developed here. Um, so I believe that it's, it, again, you go back to vibration, you know, something dead and not, or not structured properly. If you're talking about water, uh, you know, things like that don't necessarily support, you know, the ongoing, the continuance of, of life optimally. You know, mm-hmm. so when you start feeding the body a bunch of junk, you know, or at some point, you know, your body's going to start to break down, you know, whether it's due to age, whether it's due to, um, you know, whether it's due to environmental conditions, whether it's due to emotional circumstances, um, you know, all of those things your your microzyma is listening to everything you say and do, you know. So I think you know meditation, eating fresh food, you know, farm to table. You know, if you're going to go to restaurants, having your own garden, whether it's in your own, you know, on your tabletop, or you know, in your in your backyard, you know, outside your window, anywhere you can yes. grow your own herbs and and produce. Mm-hmm. I would I would definitely advise support your local farmers. Go to the farmers market. Well, um, because that's so what you what, what, that day. What do you think of, you know, now, you know, we both live in Los Angeles and that health foods, like supposed Mecca in LA and the whole vegan diet is becoming very popular right now. It wasn't before, but at least today it is as we're doing this interview. What are your thoughts on, because there's a lot of thought on the vegan diet and, and, and I think maybe some people having considerations of becoming vegan, giving up meat, you know, not, not eating meat. And you just made a comment a few moments ago, which triggered that, that, that reminded me of that thought, you know, I feel bad for the animals, but I feel bad for the plant too. And so 
What are your thoughts on the vegan bag? Because I think there's a lot of people that are also maybe going through consideration. Should I be vegan? Maybe it's a health consideration. Maybe it's a moral, you know, consideration. Like, is a vegan diet better for people? Is, should, should we all become vegan? What, what, break it down. Um, as far as vegan diets are concerned, um, I believe that it is an experience that people, you know, should have. Absolutely, because it definitely does something to your consciousness. Uh, now, for ex- whatever extended period of time you do that for, is um, that's going to vary from person to person. You know, again, back to all those other reasons I was, I was, or, or um, uh, areas of, of um, you know, or just about people, you know, where they come from, where they originate from, what yep. their health is like, their environmental conditions, their lifestyle, their occupation. You know, now I, I was vegan, you know, eating my metamorphosis for nine and a half months, traveling all over North America, working for Earthrise Nutritional, selling, you know, being the face of spirulina. Now, I did that for, for quite a while, but I could not really sustain that healthy for more than six and a half, seven months. So for the end two months, I, my brain was foggy. I was not as clear and I ended up eating again after that. Um, that was not mm. the first time I, I was raw vegan or, or anything like that. I've done it for nine months at a time and then one time for two and a half years. After the two and a half years thing, I'm an inch and a half shorter. I, mean, <laughs> I, I actually am. I was five foot nine and a half. I'm like five foot eight now. Um, I, I did go into bone loss. I did have, you know, what, I, whatever thing happened to me. But, you know, not when I was eating my metamorphosis. Uh, my blood work and every, all my mm-hmm. levels were tested higher than most vegans or any other vegan or vegetarian the doctors I was working with were testing. I currently work with Dr. Fred Bishi out of New York, who is, he's 89 years old right now. He's been raw vegan for 50 years. The guy's Italian, you know, real, real old time New Yorker, uh, but has Italian uh, heritage or genetics. He does it and he does it right. Mm. This guy, I, if anybody wants to be raw vegan, you got to talk to Dr. Freddie Bishi. <laughs> He's the only person that I would recommend to talk to you about that, and he doesn't recommend that for everybody. He says it's not for everybody. He doesn't really bring it up. Now, if you're working, like most of Americans or most of the world is a working is a working class. Now, that does not really support, um, you know, that lifestyle, so to speak. Um, I believe that you know you have to be somewhere where 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 like in the tropics or subtropics and maybe even in Los Angeles to a certain degree, you can support that. But the fact is, is that it's so dry here. Um, and, and whatever goes on with the chemtrails and weather modifications have, have changed, you know, the way that I feel in my body is living that way greatly. Um, so I think everyone should experiment you know, safely and carefully and educate themselves on biochemistry and the systems of the body and, 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 and analyze and cross-reference, you know, biochemistry and the systems of the body and the pathways with whatever marketing ideas that, that they've been, uh, you know, 
preached to or bombarded with that that they mm-hmm. that they've been perceiving as as information and education, because a lot of 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 uh, information out there is taken out of context. You know, like even the nutritional panel on your food, people are calorie counting and they're worried about all this and they see what the value is of the protein or the carbs or the fats or or the vitamin content in their food that looks great on the outside of a package, but how does that really apply Mm. to the body, right? So people that want to be vegan, don't eat food that is a meat substitute. Don't go eating tofurkey and all this other stuff, right? That's a lie. You're living a lie, right? And I don't mean mm. to be so harsh, but, like, that's not true. If you want something that tastes like ham, then go eat ham. That means your body's craving mm. something. Listen to it. Now, I'm not mm. saying, like, I think people should eat ham, you know, or not eat soy, so to speak. But, like, don't, you know, it's like if you're trying to mask something or make something taste like meat, that's, like, Look a little deeper. Right. That's that's right. what I think. Um, but if you mm. want to be a true vegan or a true vegetarian, grow some food or go to a, you know become mm. part of a co-op with a farm and mm. go get fresh food all the time and eat the food as it is you know it, as it is naturally occurring. Make a salad, make all these different things you know. But mm. you know the way that so much vegan and vegetarian food is is uh is being offered to the population it's in the form of of a package or it's being processed or it's mass right, tastes like right. something that it doesn't naturally taste like which does you a great injustice as a vegan or a vegetarian because you need that life force energy right you that's what it's all about now it's the same thing even if you're a carnivore you need life force energy. Like look at carnivores in the wild. They will eat the organs and the soft parts of the body first before they, and they, and the blood and all of it, they will not eat the flesh or like the, like the, you know, the meat that normal people eat, you know, and it's raw. The, the less red and pink and bloody that it is, the less nutrition that's there. You know, the protein's not bioavailable. So people even, you know, the same, and that goes out to the carnivores out there, you know, start eating, you know, think about how you're consuming your, your, your animal protein. Are you really getting what you think you are or are you just filling, you know, the hole that's in your stomach? You know, what are some of the, uh, this is fascinating. What are, what are some of the other, cause you're breaking down some, some myths, I think, you know, in terms of health or misconceptions. Are there any other, like, four or five or, or however many, like, big misconceptions that we have around health? I mean, you're breaking down some things about veganism, about those that eat meat. Like, what are some of the biggest misconceptions and myths we have about health that you can just bust? You can, you can be a little harsh. It's fine. I, I, you know, just, just, like, speak the truth that you, as you see it. The health myths, right. health misconceptions. Um, health misconceptions, um, like in, as far as supplements go, you know, like supplementing uh-huh. certain things are are not healthy. Uh, I don't, mm. I don't agree with supplementing vitamin D for instance, because vitamin D is really hormone D, right? It, and, you know, vitamin D is what people are referencing as, uh, you know, needing to supplement because of their moods, right? So they're still engaging or like referencing their emotions and they're artificially supplementing something that is impacting their hormones, right? So vitamin D is a hormone disruptor. 
don't take it. <laughs> I'm not a health professional, mm. right? Uh, or not, I'm not a medical doctor, so to speak. So, you know, don't necessarily listen to me. Do your own research. But mm. as far as I know, with the doctors that I work with, that's that's a <laughs> hormone disruptor. You know, so yeah, all the people D. out there taking vitamin D, you're not necessarily doing a good thing for yourself. Uh, same mm. thing with even vitamin C. Most of the vitamin C, vitamin C drips, injectables, um, and and what have you, preservatives in the food, natural preservatives, just vitamin C. Uh, that's mostly genetically modified, you know, grown on mold. So don't be mm. so quick to, to believe that that is a natural uh, alternative to a preservative or is going to boost your immune system. Uh, now, it, it, you know, bioavailability is, uh, you know, is, is a result of, of conducting yourself biodynamically, I believe, and living closer to the earth and eating, you know, fresher food that has its life force energy and its vibration there. All you have to do is try it, you know, you know, yeah. start taking or eating foods that contain the substance that you want to supplement and start doing it from a live fresh source and see what happens. Um, another myth that I would like to address is, you know, the pH level of your body, the pH level of your water and the calcification of your pineal gland. Uh, I I do not <laughs> for a second mm-hmm. believe that drinking high pH water is going to raise the pH of your body because mm-hmm. the first thing that your that that water hits when you drink it is your stomach. Your stomach's supposed to be acidic. If your stomach doesn't have an acidic pH, then you can't break down any of your food. Mm-hmm. So you know, creating an alkaline environment in your stomach is going to inhibit all of your nutritional assimilation and thus result in, in uh, I guess, uh, a pathogenic response or, you know, some sort of response in your body that is not what you're looking for. So the stomach should be acidic. Yeah, your stomach's supposed to be acidic so that it can break down the food. Yeah, if your stomach is alkaline, that means it's going to calcify your food. Mm. So what's a, what's good? What water should people drink? What what would you advise? We look for uh, when we drink water. In all honesty, at this point, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I I you know I I, I was I, I I drank Mountain Valley for a bit, and then I realized the PPMs were too high at 220 parts per million. That's not necessarily doing great justice for your kidneys or your other organs, mm. um, even though the mm. rest of the water seems to be clean. Um, filtering your water, which I I believe is a necessity for anyone who who has municipal water and even groundwater at this point because of the rainfall, because of what's uh, the pollution in the air, what goes into the earth, the the glyphosate spraying around your well. You know, I I, I caught someone doing that in Malibu actually. Um, so you don't know what's seeping down there into the earth and you know what you're putting in your body besides the fact that all pharmaceuticals are not regulated out of the water. You know, no one really talks about that. They just talk about the chlorine and the fluoride and all this other stuff. Fluoride is, is not a good thing to drink. You know, I don't care who says what. I don't, you know, I don't think you should be brushing your teeth with fluoride either for that matter. Um, Right. Now, uh, but for water, I think that if you get the right filtration system, 
um, that it will work, uh, you know, as long as it takes out the chloramine, the chloride, you know, the, 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 the chlorine, um, and, and all that stuff, but you still have to be careful because I don't, I, I don't mm-hmm. know for sure what water filtration systems remove pharmaceuticals because there's a ton of pharmaceuticals in the water. Um, and, you know, you can have hydrogen water, you know, active, you know, molecular hydrogen is very beneficial as an antioxidant. Um, and that's what water naturally has in it is, is hydrogen, you know, but adding, you know, saturating the water with hydrogen, you know, rather than with, um, you know, some other form of, of minerals that you put back in, you know, like they usually just do calcium, magnesium and potassium chlorides, right? Is that what they put in the, the water that you usually get added back in? You know, that's like fortifying the water. I think that's going to do just as much justice as, as the fortified cereals that everybody knows to avoid now, you know? Mm. They did a study back in the day that, that you know, that with rats that ate the box that the cereal came in versus the rats that ate mm. the cereal that was in the box. The rats that ate the box that the cereal was in were healthier than the rats mm. that ate the cereal that came out of the box. So I believe it. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing we're talking about here. You know, fortified water. Mm. They're not calling it that, but that's what it is. Mm. Super high pH Mm. calcifying water, right? That's not a good thing to put in your stomach. You're calcifying your stomach. Everybody's worried about, you know, decalcifying their pineal gland so that they become more conscious, right? But they're they're doing the opposite. You need, you know, like things like lemon, which is acidic is alkaline forming you know so Mm. and you got and you know other other vegetation and other produce is all going to contribute to that even if they are out you know you know it's going to create an alkaline environment in your body which is Mm. going to sustain your health and prevent you know cancer from from flourishing or setting into the body yeah, it's a lot of. I mean, we're, we're often sold this idea of you know the pH water, and it's, it's it's getting very popular. So, I really appreciate you breaking that down. Are there any other like major myths that like you want you just want to just demystify right now in the next minute or two? There's any is there anything that else that's huge that you feel would be important for listeners to know in terms of like hey, food or any any misconceptions that come to mind before I ask you my next question? Um. I do want people to know that organic food is not um, the safest thing to eat. You know, so a lot of times now I find myself finding food that's not certified organic that is uh. by far superior to certified organic food. Um, and that is mainly because a lot of people are small farms and uh, local farms don't have the money mm. to pay for the mm. certification. Uh, another thing is is that they're still waiting because it takes many years of of growing crops and 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 turning over the soil and uh, you know they have to grow a certain number of generations to be certified organic. Um, so mm. I think people need to look into you know, where their food is sourced from and don't just, uh, don't just take a certification as, as a, uh, yeah. as a safe, um, stamp on what you're consuming. Oh, a, good point. Good point. That's a, that's a very interesting one. What is a, I mean, in, in a nutshell, cause I know some people might be thinking, what, what the hell do I eat, Adam? I don't know what to eat, what to drink. I'm not sure. I'm just going to maybe do what you did and just 
you know, not eat anything for nine months, which is crazy, <laughs> by the way. But but like, yeah. is there any just just advice based on what you've seen in terms of foods that you could recommend? Obviously, healthy, hopefully, like real, organic, biodynamic, you know, locally grown. It's assuming all of that's in place. What are some of the foods that tend to supercharge people, that tend to awaken people, bring more vitality, more aliveness? Are there any, are there five to seven foods? And these can include, you know, include things like spirulina and superfoods as well. So I'm just curious if you could recommend, recommend a few things that anyone (laughs) listening could go out and do or, or, or start consuming more of that is practical for people. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I believe that, um, you know, like you mentioned, spirulina is is the bottom of the food chain. It is, it is like the most viable nutrient-dense food on the planet. And mm-hmm. consuming that has changed my entire existence. Um, I don't believe that any human being is going to consume the amount of vegetation or plant matter to receive an, you know, an, an equal amount of nutrition that, that they would get from a serving of spirulina or multiple servings mm. of spirulina. Um, and uh, the, 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 uh, the denseness of the nutrition in, in that, uh, that organism is very profound um, you know, for, for all walks of life. Yes, it's green. Yes, it doesn't necessarily taste great. Um, but the reason why it doesn't taste great is because your palate is, and your, and your parasites generally are, are, you know, um, are, are desi- not designed, but, you know, are, are, are supported by, by sugar <laughs> and mm-hmm. processed foods and artificial substances. So, you know, you kind of do have to get used to it. Um, uh, hemp, hemp is another viable source of, of nutrition, um, that's available everywhere. You know, most people see hemp protein, um, but you can consume, uh, hemp leaves by pressing them in a juice press, uh, or in a, a centrifuge, um, to spin out, you know, all of the, the plant matter, you know, filter it out. But, you know, the, um, you know, like how people get stopped of wheatgrass. I've been telling mm. people, I used to get suspended from high school for this, um, for trying to promote, you know, the benefits of hemp and cannabis. Uh, you know, yeah. a shot of, of hemp juice is going to do a lot more than a shot of wheatgrass. Um, now, yeah. I know that's not available for everybody, um, but hemp protein is, uh, hemp seeds are. Um, I don't, mm. I, I, I still think that you need to sprout the seeds, not, and that's not really available either. Sorry about that. Um, but a, a, any way you look at it, um, you know, that's, that's, that's why I made metamorphosis with all of those things in there, you know, like medicinal mushrooms, you know, mushrooms are great. Now the fruit eating and consuming the solid food, you got fruiting bodies can affect people negatively. Some, you know, especially people with, you know, have liver issues or liver toxicity, um, but making tea with them, or, or um, you know, making or consuming, you know, the mycelia grown on a biomass, like I put in in the metamorphosis formulation, is another source of nutrition that that I recommend. Um, I also, um, you know, recommend you know natural adaptogens as opposed to stimulants. You know, like pine pollen 
and lotus pollen and things of that nature, and, you know, even ashwagandha or other herbs, but use them responsibly, you know, cycle with them like you would do, you know, instead of steroids or something. And, uh, you know, you cycle with them or you take them for, you know, seven to ten days or four to seven days, like traditional Chinese medicine used to call for, you know, or Ayurvedic medicine. You take a substance, you know, a natural substance for a period of, of, you know, you know, whatever it is, you know, like a quarter to, you know, almost, you know, half a lunar cycle maybe to bring your body back into balance. And then you stop doing that. But what you do to sustain that is you provide, or you feed your body, you know, the proper nutrition and drink the proper pH water, you know, which I believe to be, you know, 7.4, which is what our body is supposed to be the pH of. So I think consuming that pH of water is better. But, you know, I, I add what we do personally is we add minerals back in, you know, to our water. You know, we have water filtration systems, you know, have, have, have had well water up until, you know, this fire here. Um, and we would filter the, the well water and, you know, with a deionizer, you know, add hydrogen back in and add in, you know, sea minerals. Um, we we are big fans, you know, of of sea minerals, you know, naturally occurring minerals, or even if you just use some, a little bit of Himalayan salt or sea salt, um, yeah. you know, just to restructure the water because the water has memory, you know, and the salt is a crystalline structure, you know, that's it's, uh that's containing information from when it was a, a liquid, you know, and it's full of you know full of minerals and trace minerals. So we believe that to be the healthiest way, you know, to drink water. And that's easy for people to do. You know, you can get a filter. What about, so, what, what about, uh, I haven't heard you really mention so far like probiotics and I'm just, you know, obviously affecting gut health. Why, what, right. why is gut health so important? What impact does it have on, on us? And, and, and also why are probiotics uh, such an important part of, of being, of gut health and being healthy? Can you speak about that? Yes, yeah. The, now, probiotics are those in, beneficial, pro meaning like good for, you know, as instead of like anti, mm-hmm. you know, which is like killing. Um, and, and, yes. and, you know, these organisms here are the ones that are governing, you know, the, your, your digest, not just your digestive system, but, you know, you, you know, the rest of the functions of the body. You know, now, if, mm-hmm. if you have these like army of organisms or lack, you know, or, or you have like a really small army, you know, are not enough uh, troops there to, you know, to win the war, you know, then, then it's not really going to work. So taking probiotics, uh, that was the next thing I was going to mention, um, are, are, huge, um, uh, are a huge aspect to, you know, uh, gut health, uh, the brain-gut connection, the microbiome, and, you know, digestive health. You know, which is why we offer human strain probiotics as opposed to whatever everyone else is offering out there. Um, you know, these are cultivated strains um, from you know 20 plus years ago that were that were originally from you know people or tissue samples that were then synthesized and cultivated in a laboratory. So all of these have have never, you know, what what we're offering has no, did not come from a human. You know, this is all cultivated in a lab. You know, originally, 
you know, the strains were sourced, but then they're, they're regrown. Um, so mm-hmm. taking, you know, human strain probiotics are going to affect more than your digestive system. Normally people think about probiotics only for digestion. But when you talk about all the other functions of the body and in the blood, and, you know, the assimilation of the nutrients and then doing, you know, you know the cellular replication or, you know, the mitosis that, that the cells undergo, you know, all of this stuff is affected by the intelligent bacteria that's in your body. Now, that goes back into eating living food or food with life force energy in it, you know, where these naturally occurring probiotics would be normally. Um, now, the thing, how people used to get the probiotics in their body was one from the mom, you know, from their mother, you know, through the embryonic stages of development. And then thus, you know, after birth, you know, being breastfed, you know, with your mother's milk. I personally did not experience that. Um, and my mother was not eating fresh grown food where the soil based organisms would morph into a human strain bacteria. You know, that's what they are. You know, the soil based organisms are blank antigens. You know, think about it as like a radio that you just buy and or you get a new car and you didn't preset your radio stations yet. Right? So it's all blank. You could program it to whatever station you want. That's what the SBOs do when you can, when you consume them. They would normally you know, morph and convert into uh, an or, a, a strain or and that was identifiable with the organism that it was consumed by. Mm. Now, most people are consuming um, no soil-based organisms you know, on any food or anything at all. Um, and they're not, um, you know, they're, and if they're taking a probiotic supplement, it's usually a dairy or a bovine or a plant-based strain. Now, we're not plants. Plant, taking plant-based strains of probiotics aren't going to really do anything except maybe help with your digestion, uh, but they die on in the body. Um, you know, same thing with the bovine strains or dairy strains, you know, like you take it from yogurt. Yes, it can, it can boost your immune system. Um, but generally that's only going to happen if like you go to the Amish or something, it's not going to happen really with the yogurt on, on the shelf in the store. Um, and those will all die off, you know, they don't convert or last or thrive or colonize the body. The human strain probiotics mm-hmm. colonize the body. Now, the ones that are supposed to live in the stomach with the acid will get off there. The ones that are supposed to live in the saliva will stay in your mouth. The esophagus, the intestines, the colon, and so on and so forth. And then whatever happens with those organisms inside of your body, depending on the state that your body is in or how functional it is, will dictate as to how your body either generates, regenerates, or 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 struggles to be sustained. You know, so mm. probiotics are are extremely important. Um, I, I can't emphasize enough. You know how how important probiotics are because we're pretty much uh, going to war without an army. You know, if mm. if you you don't have the right probiotics living and colonized within your body. Amazing. Adam, you're you're a fount of of wisdom, and 
honestly, I think we, we will definitely need another episode. To, I think we're just literally scratching the surface uh, of the conversation. But I think really, folks, as you're listening to this conversation with Adam, founder of Elemental Wisdom, uh, I, I think uh, you're getting a sense. I'm hoping you're taking a lot of notes. I'm definitely taking a lot of notes. I, Adam has busted some really uh, uh, powerful myths and misconceptions around health that I think have been really helpful. Also, uh, I'm hoping you've taken some notes, folks, on some foods and superfoods that you can be taking, things like spirulina, hemp protein, medicinal mushrooms, natural adaptogens. Now we've been talking about probiotics. Adam, it's been uh, amazing to have you on. I do have one final question, and then definitely we'll, we will plan a time to bring you back on because I, I have so many questions in my mind still uh, that I want to ask. But uh, this is just a final question for now, and then uh, let's wrap the conversation and send folks on their way. If there were, just shifting gears a little bit, my friend, based on everything you've learned in terms of health, but also life, you know, I mean, it's all interconnected, right? Every aspect of life affects everything and everything is, is uh, interconnected. And so if there's, if you look at your life, everything you've learned throughout your life on your own spiritual journey, physically, mentally, emotionally, health-wise, um, if you were to, to, to distill the best of the best knowledge into three keys, three wisdoms that you, let's say these were the only three keys you could share with the next generation, your kids and their kids and grandkids. And like, you were just going to provide them these three keys on a piece of paper and say, this is my, the best wisdom I've got. This is for the new generation to evolve the next generation the most. What would those three keys be? Three keys to life, three keys to health, three keys to living. Mm-hmm. Um, the three keys. Well, I mean, love comes to mind first because really what is it life without love, you know, self-love, love love for others, you know, sharing in that love, allowing other people to love us, you know, receiving Mm. that love and and reciprocating it and giving it, Um, Mm. you know, gratitude, you know, being grateful and, and, you know, humbly, you know, it goes along with humility, but being grateful for all of that, which, you know, that we have, and and all the lessons that we are consistently presented with, you know, even in the face of disaster or in the face of, you know, of, of, of something that appears to be uh, unpleasant, you know, it's often a blessing in disguise and it's, it does make you help make you who you are, you know, so that, you know, that's like, you know, accepting of, of all of that is important, you know, and, um, you know, harmony and respect you know, for, for all other living beings, you know, people, of course, um, and, you know, all of the living organisms recognizing that we're, we really are all in this together and not seeing yourself as separate from anything or anyone for whatever reason. Because usually the, the, the most, uh, the, the, the things that you feel most separate from, from and the, the most, um, conviction you have towards something like that is often something that is hiding inside of you or you're hiding from yourself. Um, so embrace it, embracing all, you know, starting with yourself Mm -hmm. and and everyone else that you have and everything else that you've encountered in your life with love and respect Mm -hmm. and and gratitude and, and, and forgiveness is, um, is, is what I, is what I, what I, 
how I would answer that question. <laughs> what I think is the key Beautiful. to life. Love, gratitude, harmony, respect, embracing all folks. You heard it from my dear friend, Adam. Uh, it's been a beautiful conversation, Adam. You know, I, li- I like to really make these interviews also practical and, and something people can really apply. So um, can you just assign a homework assignment, Adam, a simple, practical homework assignment that those listening in could actually go and implement literally right now or, or within the next 24 hours, that is a tangible thing that they could go do that could maybe have an impact on their health. What's one simple thing? Um, stare yourself down in the mirror. <laughs> Take a good look <laughs> into your own eyes and nice. see what types of emotions and thoughts start to stir up and keep moving through it. And every day, you know, stare longer and move through all the things that come up because they come up, you know, and the only person or the only thing that's really going to show you what you need to see is that person staring you back in the face. (laughs) I love it. Folks, you heard it. That was, that was a deeper homework assignment. You have been issued the challenge. I would like you right now. Once you're done listening, obviously if you're driving, don't do that, but, but uh, go look in the mirror, stay yourself in the mirror and see what comes up, see what you feel, see what arises. And what I would love for you to do, folks, is please write to me, Coop Blackson at coopblackson.com. I, I would love to hear about any key insights, awarenesses, just revelations from this conversation with my good friend Adam, founder of Elemental Wisdoms. And just, just let me know your key takeaways from today's uh, powerful Soul Talk session on health, but also so much more than health. Life, living, it's all interconnected. So it's been beautiful. Uh, Adam, what's the best way? How can people find out about Elemental Wisdoms? And, and you know, I mean, I take your products. It's, what's the best website people can, can uh, connect and, and get your products? Um, yeah, everyone can, can find us at, at www.elementalwisdom.com. Um, we spell wisdom with a Z, as in the alchemy of love. So it's... Uh, W-I-Z-D-O-M, and that's ElementalWisdom.com, and you can contact us through there. Follow us on Instagram at Elemental underscore Wisdom, and, and uh, you know, stay tuned for, for next time, and, and keep on, awesome. you know, keep on and doing their thing with you, Coop, you know. Awesome, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you for coming on, folks. This has been a really enlightening conversation with my dear friend Adam. Definitely check out uh, his website, www.elementalwisdom.com. We will put that in the show notes. And I uh, can't wait to, to hear how you enjoy this interview. And you have been issued a powerful homework assignment. Go look at yourself right now. Don't wait, don't wait till tomorrow. Go look at yourself in the eyes, in the mirror right now. And then send me an email. Folks, I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode of Soul Talk. Uh, we have... I have something special for you in the next episode. Please do also download this episode and post it and share it with all your friends. I believe the information shared in today's conversation is uh, everyone needs to hear it. You know, everyone needs to hear what's been shared today. So much love, love now. See you next week, folks.
If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.coopblackson.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.